0: 444.com is the most accurate podcast I'm Anthony Stalter alongside me is John Paulson John always good to hear your voice we haven't done a podcast in a couple of months so I was excited when you reached out and wanted to knock one out today
1: yeah I was looking at our uh, podcast feed and uh, April 30th was our last podcast after the draft and we were talking about rookies and that seems like a while ago Uh, I just want to explain what's been going on uh Anthony had another child, so that's been a little bit of uh, adjustment for him on his end, but really it's more on my end with uh, some construction going on at our house. We're doing like a major remodel of the backyard and the front yard, and I can't guarantee uh, no noise during the week, so he can really only knock it out on Sunday nights and not every Sunday night works. So this is uh, just sort of an explanation. I think we're going to be ramping things up after July 4th. We'll try to do one a week uh at least and then get into august maybe we can do uh, a little bit more or maybe we can at least stick to one a week for sure and then obviously when we get into september my uh construction should all be done and we should be able to go back to our usual two two per week uh setup so that's what's been going on here
0: yeah fear not once we get into late july middle july training camp gets wrapped up we'll be doing our normal podcast no no baby and no construction will hold us back from our normal podcast so (laughs) i wanted to mention too we've partnered with at fantasy jocks for this month's promotion so all new existing four for four subscribers will be entered to win one of 30 championship belts or championship rings you can use it as your league trophy for this season or keep it keep it yourself. Uh, keep it for yourself. That's your call. As a bonus, early bird pricing doesn't end until June 30th. So, twenty four dollars for a class sub subscription, forty nine dollars for a pro sub. That includes league sync, league sync, and live draft sync with draft analyzer, or one nineteen for our DFS subscription, which includes everything in pro along with our excellent DFS lineup generator. And tons of other DFS content. If you ever played DFS and you use any of our tools at 444.com, you know that that subscription is well worth the price. So if you haven't already, be sure to head over to 444.com and get your subscription this month. All right, John, tell us about the music, then we'll dive into the podcast.
1: Yeah, I uh, ran across in my iTunes uh, a track from Weezer. It was a demo track that was floating around uh, several years ago. Uh, it's the name of the track is Mo Beats. Um, It was written uh, between 2002, 2005 uh, during the album five demo sessions. And I I really, when I heard it back then uh, I I thought this was going to for sure be on their next album and it didn't end up on their next album. I just think it's a, Really uh, great guitar riff, really cool song, and I wanted to share it with the listeners. Uh, unfortunately, this one's not on Spotify. Uh, it is. There is a couple versions of it up on uh, YouTube. Uh, I'm sure there's other ways you can find it if you uh, are looking for it. But, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite Weezer songs, and it's uh, never made one of their albums, so go figure.
0: Let's talk about some recent news since we last did a podcast. Julian Edelman is facing a four-game suspension. John, where was he projected to go how do you how do you project him in terms of wide receiver three wide receiver four and then talk a little bit about chris hogan because i would assume that he gets a little bit of a bump in the first four weeks
1: yeah the uh i think i had elman uh going in the fourth or fifth round uh based on my projections especially in ppr formats he's obviously very good in ppr uh but with this, with this four-game suspension, uh, he's obviously going to get downgraded. Prior to, the, prior to the news breaking, I was looking today at his ADP, uh, and it was pick 54. Uh, so that was uh, it's in the middle of the fifth round there. And uh, now, uh, since the, in the few days since the suspension news, he's been going in pick 72. Uh, so that's, that's closer to the 6-7 turn. Um, if you just look at the last couple of days, he's been going to pick seventy six, so he's turned into a seventh rounder, um, and that's just based on sixteen MFL tens uh, that I've been able to to dig up in terms of the ADP. Uh, I still like him as a like a third or fourth receiver. Um, owners need to remember that you know my projections are based on what he, I think he's going to do this season. Um, so for players that are you know set to miss a game or four games or whatever. Owners need to adjust for that in their in their rankings and and you know realize that you know a player like Edelman holds more value than where I would have him ranked based on his projections. Uh, so you take his, you to get an idea of this, you can take his uh, fantasy points projected divided by twelve and then multiply it by sixteen for a full se- season to sort of see where he would land. And you know once he returns, I'm projecting him for Demaryius Thomas type. Uh, Production. So solid wide receiver two uh, PPR formats. Um, So, you know, you have to take that into account. I think the, I think his ADP in the seventh round is, is fair for that. So, you know, you can get through the first four weeks with him as your wide receiver three. Um, Maybe you've got your wide receiver four starting, wide receiver five starting for a few weeks based on matchup. And then you can plug him in there uh, for the stretch run and probably have a pretty good, uh, run with him down the stretch and then you mentioned chris hogan chris hogan he was actually one of my uh favorite sleepers or whatever to to kind of tout this summer because i think he's gonna have, was gonna have a productive year regardless of whether or not julian edelman uh, was healthy he was been going pick 86 uh prior to the edelman news but his adp has jumped 13 spots to pick 73 after the news broke so i think we all thought we could get him in the uh, late seventh, early eighth round, but now he's going to be going in the sixth or seventh round if you, if you want to grab him. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a player that is, uh, going to probably do really well in the first four weeks. And then, um, as, as Edelman gets back into the offense, might not be as, as strong down the stretch as he was at the start, but I, I was pretty, uh, bullish on him. Uh, Hogan with, with Cook's gone anyway, even with Edelman back in the in the fold.
0: We also haven't had a podcast since Mark the Mark the Ingram news broke. What do you make of his four-game suspension, and how does it impact Alvin Kamara on that New Orleans offense?
1: Well, I, I know there's some debate about whether or not Alvin Kamara is being overdrafted in the first round. I don't really think he is. He was obviously super efficient last year, but he doesn't need to be as good as he was last year to be worth a first-round pick. Uh, I, I think this suspension helps him because I think you know his his baseline for his number of touches per game has 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 risen for the first month of the season, and then you look at you know what happened with Willie Sneed last year. He was slated to start as the slot receiver for the, the Saints, and then he had the four game suspension, and you know he came back and was kind of out of the picture. He, he never really broke into the offense. He kind of fell out of favor, and, and Ingram sort of in the same situation because he's. Uh, gonna be a free agent this year, after this year, I believe. Um so there's a chance that, you know, if you know Jonathan Williams or somebody steps up and is a really productive uh second uh, running back for the the Saints there with, with Kamara that they may you know not work Ingram back into the offense. I, I don't think that'll happen. I think he's gonna be a a good um you know last 12 weeks weeks type of player for for fantasy owners but with the way that they handle Sneed It just makes me wonder. It's just another concern with Ingram. Uh, He was going pick 24 on average uh, prior to the news. He's now going pick 37. So he's dropped uh, 13 spots, a full round. Um, Edelman dropped 18, by the way. So to compare those two, it's the same calculation uh, for the owners. You you take his fantasy points divided by uh, 12, multiply by 16 uh, or 15. And if you're assuming a one, you know, he's going to miss one game. Because uh, he's running back, uh, he, but he's a low end uh, running back one, high end running back two. Uh, you know, so if you can get him as your third running back, uh, that's great. But you know, with, with pick thirty seven, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, that's you know late third round, early fourth round um, price there. So you're not going to um, so get him as your RB three. So you're probably going to get him as your RB two, and that's a little pricey for a guy who's going to miss the first four games.
0: Let's talk about your 2018 projections now. John wrote four ranking breakdown articles, one for each position. So be sure to check out those at 4for4.com. Let's start off with the quarterback position. I always like to get a sense of how you're approaching each position heading into your draft, John. So let's talk about the quarterbacks. What's your game plan for the QB spot heading into 2018?
1: Well, once again, it's super deep. Uh The position and it's good. I mean, I I think it's even deeper than it was last year or the year before. Um, so there's just a number of any number of players that you'd be fine with as, uh, or I'd be fine with as my starter. Uh, so, you know, I'm pulling up my, my rankings right now and you're, you're going all the way down into. You know, 14 is Philip Rivers, 15 is Jameis Winston. He had a good – he was good when he was healthy last year. Matt Ryan should be, you know, back, bouncing back. He's at 16. Marcus Mariota at 17. And then you're getting into some sleepers. Uh, Alex Smith, once again, um, uh, undervalued on draft day, but he's, you know, playing for the Redskins now instead of the the Chiefs. Uh, You wonder a little bit about him transferring over. Mitch Trubisky is uh, one of my favorite sleepers uh, at 19. The weapons that they added – in Chicago with Allen Robinson and, um, and, and the tight end, uh, Trey Burton. Uh, they also added, uh, Taylor Gabriel and, and a rookie, uh, receiver as well. Um, you know, then you're getting into guys like Dak Prescott, Blake Bortles, Andrew Luck, who could shoot up the rankings if, um, you know, if his shoulder turns out to be okay. And this is just a ton of value guys too, like Andy Dalton and Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill and Case Keenum and Eli Manning. and these guys are going, you know, 11th, 12th, 13th. 15th 17th round depending on the draft so uh there's just a ton of uh of value and that doesn't even talk about the guy i usually target guys in that 10 to 12 range um jared goff jimmy garoppolo ben roethlisberger and then pat patty Mahomes. i'm gonna call him patty mahomes i just like the 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 name patty mahomes uh i wrote an article about him uh and uh, i think he uh is you know is is probably going to be um my primary target uh because of his draft value which is uh, pretty low right now. I just did an industry draft um, uh, for a magazine, and he ended up going in the 14th round. Now I took I took uh, Kirk Cousins in the ninth round because I like you know I have Cousins ranked fifth. Uh, but if I had known that Mahomes was going to go in the 14th round, then I could draft 13 running backs, tight ends, uh, and wide receivers prior to that, and then add him to the roster. I think uh, that would have been a, a pretty good move on my part. So he, I think he's my, my primary target this year. I like his. His upside in Andy Reid's offense. If you look at, uh, what quarterbacks have done for Andy Reid, if you, you know, just looking back, uh, since I don't know, the last 10 seasons, the average Andy Reid quarterback has completed 62.5% of his passes for almost 4,000 yards, 7.24 yards per attempt, 22 touchdowns, uh, 11 interceptions. And then you look at what Patty Mahomes did uh based on his preseason and regular season appearances and he just kind of projected out to a sixteen game season and you're looking at sixty three percent completion, uh, almost forty one hundred yards, seven point five seven yards per attempt, uh twenty-four touchdowns, six interceptions, which probably is gonna rise. Um, but he's gonna run the ball too. You know, you look at his college stats, and he does he does run the ball. Um he was on pace for, for three hundred and twenty seven yards rushing and two hundred and eighty one fantasy points. So you know he has QB one upside uh, for sure in this offense I, I love the addition of sammy watkins as the a third option there with travis kelsey and tyree hill and then of course kareem hunt can catch the ball as well um so i think you know dollar for dollar mahomes is the, is the best value on the board right now
0: Yeah, Mahomes is an interesting player. And by the way, the name of John's article at 444.com on Patrick Mahomes, it's called, Is Patrick Mahomes the Answer to the Quarterback Conundrum? So make sure you check that one out as well. When he played at Texas Tech, the skill set was all there. Uh, His father was a former baseball player. You know, big kid, 6'3", 230. He's got a, a huge arm The only question about him coming out at Texas Tech was the fact that he played in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, which is air raid. You don't really read a defense outside of, you know, maybe you pick a spot and it's just backyard football. Um, But, you know, there was a lot of good reports on him that he was way ahead of schedule. He spent a full year in Andy Reid's system last year, albeit as the backup to Alex Smith. But now he's got a full offseason where he's the starter. I think that they really did it right in Kansas City by not rushing him last year, by having Alex Smith in place and taking their time with him. And they, they probably, I don't think that Andy Reid makes the trade with Washington to send Alex Smith there if he's not sure that Patrick Mahomes has a good grasp of the offense and it's not going to be a baptized by fire thing. Uh, so I really like Patrick Mahomes as well, John, and, and now that I know that you like him, I'm going to I think I'm going to start targeting him at
1: that at that position as well. Uh, I think the the, the biggest uh, endorsement for for Mahomes is that trade to of Alex Smith because Alex Smith had a fantastic year last year, and uh, probably you know one of his best, if not his best, season. Yeah. And the Chiefs traded him away to make the way uh, make way for for Mahomes to be the starter. So I, I think that's a, a great point you bring up. Uh, they traded away a really solid quarterback who was playing at a very high level. Uh, to, to allow this guy to start. So that's definitely an endorsement for him.
0: I like the fact he takes chances downfield, too. I mean, that's, that's going to certainly yield to some interceptions and some head-scratching moments, but he's also going to, you assume, pile up the touchdowns. And in Week 17, he faced Denver, and Denver was out of it. So take this maybe with a grain of salt, but he was 22 of 35 for 284 yards, and he played with basically all of their backups because – the Chiefs had already made the playoffs and they they didn't want to get anybody injured. So I'm very high on Patrick Mahomes as well. I think he's more boom than bust, but uh, certainly going to be one of the more intriguing options at the quarterback position this year. All right, John, let's give one, uh, let's give listeners one value running back to target and one to avoid. So when you look at your projections, you're looking at the running backs, who's your value and then who's one one running back that you're going to avoid?
1: Well, I think, I'm going to have a lot of Rex Burkhead this year. I, I I like what he did last year. The Patriots obviously did too because they signed him to I believe a three year deal. Um, so they must have liked what he produced. Um, if you look at what he did late last year, week ten to week fourteen, he averaged 12.4 touches that included 3.4 receptions. So he was eating into uh, James White's work a little bit for 62 total yards and 1.2 touchdowns per game. You know the the touchdown rate is probably not sustainable. But even if you uh, cut that in half, he still would have averaged top twelve numbers in PPR formats with that in that span. Uh, you know, Deion Lewis is gone. Deion Lewis uh, w- was big for them last year, but he he moved on to Tennessee. Uh, they they brought in uh, Sony Michelle, uh, and you know, I'm just I, I know they used a first round pick on him. They went against uh, tr- you know trend their own type and and drafted a running back in the first round after. Devaluing the position for so long, which is a really odd move for the Patriots. But I, I just don't, uh, I just don't see him coming in and taking over the job. Uh, he had uh, fumble problems in, in college. He had twelve fumbles in college. So as soon as he drops one, I guess he dropped one in, uh, on the on the turf and in, uh, in OTAs already. Uh, so I, I just don't see him holding down the number one job the entire season. Uh, and he's going forty picks before. Burkehead, so I'd rather have Burkehead in the seventh uh, or eighth round than have Sony Michelle in the fourth or fifth round. So uh, the, the player I'm avoiding like the plague is uh, Derrick Henry. I, I I do not understand why he's going uh, in the third or fourth round uh, with Dion Lewis in town. I mean, I could understand it if the the Titans hadn't signed Lewis um, or added anybody because they did. You know, they cut. Demarco Murray, and that cleared the way for Henry. But then you bring in, you bring in Dion Lewis, and you know what? How much work is he going to get? So, you know, I went back and looked. Uh, I wrote an article. Derek Henry and Brian Cooks are being overdrafted. So, if you search for that, I have some numbers that I pulled, uh, looking at running backs who free agent running backs who signed for at least six million in guaranteed money since the 2013 season, and there were eight of them. Uh, Latavius Murray, Chris Ivory, Lamar Miller, uh, Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, DeMarco Murray, CJ Spiller, Frank Gore. Uh, those players averaged uh, 10.5 guaranteed uh, money, 10.5 million, and they averaged 14.7 touches per game uh, between the eight of them. And the only one that was below 11 was CJ Spiller, who's kind of a, a nightmare play in, uh, for, the, for the Saints when they signed him in 2015. So, uh, if, you know, if Lewis gets 14.7 touches, you know, DeMarco Murray had 14.9 last year and they were a pretty run oriented team. Uh, so I don't see how Henry's workload increases significantly. Uh, if they use Lewis, like they, like free agent running backs has been, have been used, uh, over the last five years now, if, if they bring in Lewis and they just give the f- number one job to Henry, then, you know, maybe he can live up to his, uh, draft position but I'm just really skeptical right now uh with this backfield
0: talk about wide receivers now who's jumping out to you as good values this summer
1: well I like uh Juju Smith Smith Smith-Schuster a lot uh based on where he's going I just picked him up at the 4-5 turn him and Golden Tate in PPR formats in in that magazine draft that I was talking about I was very pleased to get both of them uh in that range I saw you know I that, that with those guys available there at the 4-5 turn, and then you look talk about the guys that are available at the 6-7 uh, and then 8-9 turn, there's quite a bit of depth at, at wide receiver, and I think running back is kind of top-heavy this year where there's only a handful uh, Ten or twelve guys that are guaranteed a significant workload. So uh, I might be taking two running backs in the first three picks, and then and then loading up running receivers in the middle rounds, and then take Burkhead as my third receiver. Anyway, I'm getting off. I'm, I'm already writing my draft day strategy article in my head. <laughs> uh, sorry for that. Sorry about that. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, he didn't. He wasn't targeted in his first NFL game, but in, in week two, he start uh, starting in week two. He averaged four point four catches uh, for sixty six yards and point five seven touchdowns per game. Uh, it's 14.4 fantasy points, uh, the top 10 numbers at his position, uh, that span. So, uh, he never played less than 80% of, of the snaps, uh, after, uh, the team's week nine bye. And obviously, Martavis Bryan is gone. So, uh, he's basically a full-time player now for them. Uh, I like him a lot. And, uh, especially in single, single coverage with Antonio Brown drawing all the uh, attention. I think, um, uh, moving on a few rounds later, you can have Randall Cobb, um, with, Uh, Jordy Nelson moving on. It's quite a few targets opening up there in the Packer offense. Um, If you look at the last 21 games that Cobb has played with Aaron Rodgers under center, he's averaged uh, 5.1 catches for 56 yards, and 0.43 touchdowns, and that's 7.3 targets. And that production equates to solid uh, wide receiver, two numbers in PPR, low end wide receiver, two numbers in standard formats. He does have a tendency to get nicked up, but um, he's not old. He's still only 27. Uh, so I, I still like Cobb's upside uh, in this offense with Jordy Nelson gone. Uh, Kenny Stills with speaking of guys leaving, <laughs> Jarvis Landry one hundred and sixty one targets in that offense, uh, opening up for Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, and, and whoever else, Danny Amendola. Uh, but I think Kenny Stills is is the value. Uh, he's he's got back to back finishes in the top thirty in standard formats, and uh, given all that uh, all those targets available, I think he's. Uh, a pretty good value there in the ninth or 10th round. And then lastly, uh, Tyler Lockett also benefiting from the departure of Jimmy Graham, 96 targets, Paul Richardson, 80 targets. Um, Lockett's finally healthy, fully healthy, according to the Seahawks now. I just saw a news blurb about that. Uh, You know, he's going to have to compete with guys like Jaron Brown. um, But I think he's going to be that second receiver, second option after Doug Baldwin. He's uh, going very late in drafts right now.
0: All right, this is always the toughest position for fantasy owners. So I'm really interested to see what your early look is at the tight end position. What's your plan? How is that shaping up? Uh, especially in light of the fact that I think you liked one tight end that that got that got hurt recently.
1: Yeah, I, I, my plan was going to be to target uh, Hunter Hunter Henry in the fifth or sixth round, and then he's uh, what tore his ACL, right? So he's out. Uh, for the year so that didn't go so well uh we may be we may have a Paulson curse here with uh <laughs> with uh, the articles that I'm writing about these players that I that I like or I like their value or whatever but Henry was uh definitely top of my list at tight end so now I'm I'm kind of looking at uh trying to grab Travis Kelsey in the 3rd round Zach Ertz in the 4th round uh I, I have those guys ranked ahead of Gronkowski uh in PPR formats I just don't trust Gronk's health at this point uh, but Gronk's obviously a, a stud when he plays. Uh, I do like having a good tight end, so I, I don't mind spending the capital on those guys. And I already mentioned that you can get a lot of good receivers in the middle rounds this year, so I'm, I'm fine with that plan. Um, if I do get into the middle rounds, I still on my tight end. I do like Jack Doyle, uh, if especially if Andrew Luck is back. Uh, I, I still even like him with um, Eric Ebron in, 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 in tow, because if you look at what the the uh, the Colts have done at receiver. They let Dante Moncrief walk. So I think Jack Doyle is going to end up being the number two, uh, targeted, uh, receiver in this passing game after T.Y. Hilton. Uh, so he should see plenty of work, even, even with Ebron in there. So they're probably gonna run a lot of two tight end sets and, and, you know, target those three guys, uh, Hilton, Ebron and Doyle, um, the most in that offense. Uh, and the other guy, uh, who's getting a lot of buzz now, um, in the middle rounds, uh, I guess he's mid to late, is Trey Burton. Uh, I like his athleticism. Uh, I like that he's playing for Matt Nagy. Uh, I'm writing an article about him right now, uh, Burton, and and all the reasons why I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, this, this offense should take a big step forward with Nagy running it and uh, Allen Robinson coming in as the number one receiver. Uh, there was four games over the past two seasons where Zach Ertz was out. Burton averaged 3.5 catches for 45 yards and a touchdown per game. Um, He's got the good speed uh, and everything. So I think he's uh, probably going to be the second uh, option targets wise in that offense. Uh, So I like him quite a bit. Uh, And then a couple other guys that are going a little bit later, George Kittle should um, emerge as the number one tight end there in in San Francisco. He finished the season strong. He had uh, four for 52, three for 42 and a touchdown and four for 100 uh, on 14 targets in his last three games and with Grapplo there under center, he's, his his arrows pointing up, and finally, Vance McDonald. I think uh, you know Jesse James is the blocking tight end there. And, you know maybe he'll catch a touchdown or two, uh, you know every other week or so. But um, but McDonald, I think, is the is the better athlete, and he's going to be the one that's going to be catching most of the passes from from Ben Roethlisberger, and that's always been a, a pretty good uh, PPR especially uh, position for for tight ends, going back uh, to to Heath Miller. John, great stuff as
0: always. Want to make sure that you visit 444.com. You check out all of John's great uh, articles. He's right; He's been writing for uh, the last couple of weeks now. Don't forget about the Patrick Mahomes article and, of course, all of his projections. By the way, you can follow John Paulson on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me at Anthony Stalter. Want to mention, don't forget, as a bonus this year, early bird pricing doesn't end until June 30th. Well, that's John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.